Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Dare to Self-Care. I'm Jen, lifestyle YouTuber and your host of this podcast, where we dive deep with insightful guests to find out how self-care has played a role in their success. Welcome to our community. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our community. It's Jen again. (laughs) If you're new, welcome. Let's jump right in with what was in alignment and out of alignment for me this week, and I hope you guys reflect on your end as well. To be candid, I have not had my coffee yet, which is a big deal for me. Unfortunately, I'm very much addicted, and I hate to admit that, but here we are. So I hope that you can't catch on to any slowness or... Oh man, this this is gonna be a rough intro, but we're gonna we're gonna get through it together. <laughs> and I'm under a blanket because now that I know how much better the audio is, I can't seem to record an intro not under a blanket. So, <laughs> oh man. All right, what was in alignment this week was it was Fourth of July weekend, and I completely recharged with Ethan, and one of my best friends got engaged. It was so nice to celebrate her. It was also her birthday this weekend, so on Sunday she had a big engagement party slash also birthday party, and it was so fun, so nice to celebrate her. It's one of my first best best friends to get engaged, so I'm so excited for all of the festivities, and I'm just so happy for her. So that was in alignment this week, and then what was out of alignment, I would say definitely, I feel like I mentioned this last week, but some financial anxiety, I just feel like. I have the Mint app. I sort of know how to budget, but like I have multiple streams of income now. So it's just, there's a lot of moving parts and it's different every month. So it's hard to really get down pat my budget and also stick to it and come up with a better system for it. So that was out of alignment for me this week, but I'm trying to prioritize that. So I said that last week, but we'll see. It's hard because... I feel like every week just flies by. There's so much I put in my schedule every single day, and it's hard to just carve out that time to focus on my budget, which in hindsight I could have done this weekend, but I really wanted to use it as a break. I don't want to be one of those people where now since a lot of my job, you know, can be working for myself, I can do it on the weekend, and I still want to keep that structure of like the weekends are for recharging. If there's a holiday weekend, I'm still going to take that. So I'm so glad I did because I do feel recharged and ready to hit the ground running this week. I got so much sleep this weekend, which was nice because I've been really working hard and I'm loving it. But you realize at the end of the week, like on the weekend when you don't set your alarm and you sleep late, you're like, wow, I clearly really needed this. So I hope you guys slept well this weekend too. I hope you got to take advantage or have some fun with your holiday weekend. So let's breathe in what was in alignment for us this week and out everything that was out of alignment for us this week. (sighs) 
All right. Let's introduce our guest this week. Her name is Hani Anis. She's a bridal fashion designer and founder of Anis Collections. She's also a social media freelancer working on launching her own agency, which I'll talk about today. And she is a PR coordinator for We Bloom Social, Natalie Barbu's social media agency. She is just the epitome of doing it all, doing what you love, following your intuition. And she's only graduated from college just a few years ago, similar to me. So I absolutely loved chatting with her. Super relatable. And she's just really the epitome of like an expander for you. If you don't know how to pivot, you want to pivot, you want to launch your own agency or fashion design company like she does multiple different things so I find her to be so inspiring and let's dive into some topics we touch on so we talk about her pivot from pre-med to finance to Indian fashion and really just the power of pivoting and listening to your intuition starting a business from conceptualization to launch in just three months she broke down every stream of income from us we talk about having multiple streams of income instead of just having that one nine to five that you don't love Working for a famous YouTuber and major influencer, tips on getting that job with your favorite influencer, starting a social media agency and an Indian bridal company at the same time, how to find your first clients, how to juggle multiple jobs at once. I mean, like tangible productivity tips we dive into. So we talk about it all and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. And if you do enjoy this episode, I would love if you could screenshot it to your Instagram stories and also leave me a review. It takes just a few minutes, a few seconds, if you will. And they really mean the world to me. I can't wait to post a review of the week this week on our Dare to Self Care pod Instagram. And that's that. So enjoy the episode. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jen. Thanks for having me. Um, of course. I'm so excited. We've been talking for a while, and I have been admiring your story and your business from afar, so I'm so excited to dive into it. I feel like we have a lot of similarities in our, our mindset and a bit of our journey, so I'm excited to dive in. Yeah, for sure. And I've been admiring your work as well. So um, mutual like crush there. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, Okay, let's start with your top self care tip that has played a role in your success. Um, So this is a recent one. I, um, I came from a finance background. So like, and we'll talk about that more probably, but like, I wasn't used to taking breaks in my day. I always thought that that was bad. I was used to like not sleeping and just like that hustle culture mentality. And when I started working for myself, I started implementing this where it was like, when I felt burnt out or drained, instead of like continuing to chug on, I just stop everything and take a break. And I know that's a luxury to have when you do work for yourself. But I think it's important to remember that and see if you can find pockets in your day to do that. Um, So whether it's going to work out or going outside for like a quick walk, Or even um, now that the weather is nice, I like take an hour out of my day and like go and get a latte just like just because and read a book like outside. So like that helps. Um, It helps break up my day and it helps like readjust my focus a little bit. Yeah, I love that. I've been starting to put in my calendar like 10 minutes throughout the day wherever there's not a meeting 
I'll do like a 10 minute walk or like 10 minute workout or something like it's so important and I know it's like something that we tell ourselves we need to do but sometimes you just need to schedule it in or the day just flies by and you almost like you were saying if you're working in finance or a fast-paced environment it's like you just forget or feel too stressed or anxious to get that break in but at the end of the day if you can just force yourself to take a break especially now that we're working from home like no one will know if you take 10 minutes to walk around the block and it'll only help you be able to like last longer and work longer throughout the day so I completely agree I think that's so important to take breaks not only like you know enjoying your morning and enjoying your night but like take breaks in the middle of the day too Yeah, yeah, it really helps me with like, I thought it would break up my productivity. And like, I wouldn't be able to focus. And like, that was the misconception I had in my head. But like, truly taking it and then coming back, I feel like, refreshed as if like, you know, I've just like, taken a long nap or something like, and even naps, like if you're tired during the day, and you're a nap person, take a 10 minute nap, like it helps. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. There's like so much shame we feel around it if we're not working during work hours, but it helps you in the long run. And I I do feel like this year has sort of changed our mentalities around it. So I hope that it lasts even past the pandemic. Like I hope that once people are back in the office, you can feel empowered to go take a walk and like grab coffee, even if you're not grabbing coffee, but just say I'm going to grab coffee to like have an excuse to get out or like go to the bathroom and meditate. Like I hope people once we're back in the office find those pockets in their day. Yeah, me too. Because it's I don't think it's encouraged enough, but it actually really helps you mentally, physically, and like all of it. Yeah, agreed. Okay, well, I want to get into your entire story. I want to talk about you have a bridal wear design company, Anise Collections, and you started that all on your own. So I want to hear sort of the story of that. And I know you just mentioned that you were in finance. So that's a big jump going from not only finance to entrepreneurship and solopreneurship, but to fashion and design so was fashion something you were always interested in growing up like let's just take it all the way back and like the evolution of how Anise Collections came about. Fashion um, has always played a role in my life I would say Um, and especially like Indian fashion because I think the thing is when you live and grow up here um, you're not used to like dressing up for every occasion. I mean, in India, they have tons of occasions to dress up for. And like, we miss out on that when we grow up here, because the only occasions we have are like family gatherings and stuff. And I mean, with COVID now playing a role in that, um, that doesn't happen very often. And like weddings and stuff, again, not very often. So I just like missed that portion. And I always grew up watching like Bollywood movies and like all of that stuff. So I loved it. I loved the idea of like dressing up in Indian fashion and stuff like that. So it started at a young age, the like fascination and just like the admiration of it. And then my mom was like huge into like putting us in like creative activities. Um, So if you remember when we were like growing up on the cartoon channels, they would have those infomercials for like those kits of like different sorts. And I would see those and I would always tell my mom, like, oh, my gosh, mom, can we get this? It's only 1995. <laughs> like, if you call now. <laughs> and so I'd get sucked into those. Um, and especially like at the book fair. W- remember those? Um, yeah. 
I used to, yeah, get those kits that were like the fashion design, like kits where you like cut out the little clothes and yeah. So that's where it kind of started. Um, and then when we fast forward to high school, like I guess in Indian culture, you're typically just sort of trained to know three career options. It's changing now, but it's more so is like the sciences, law or yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. So like doctor, engineer or like lawyer is like what you're ingrained to go after um, or like finance, like business person in that sense. The creative arts aren't really or back when I was growing up, weren't really like encouraged. That's not to say that my parents didn't encourage it. It was just kind of ingrained in my head and my parents were very open. But in my head, I was just like, oh, this is only a passion and I'm going to be a doctor. Um, so in high school and college, like the first two years, I like did every single science class under the sun, like all the AP bios, chem, um, anatomy, like all of it. I researched in a cancer lab um, and that's how I ended up getting a scholarship for college. And so wow. when I got to college, that was like the path. And then sophomore year, I got to organic chemistry. And um, yeah, that class, it, I, I'm sure you've heard horror stories about it from people that just like you either get it or you don't. And I was one of those people that no matter how much time I spent in the library, I would spend like six to seven hours. I just didn't understand. It just mm -hmm. was that. And I tried so hard. And then I realized I was like, if I'm trying this hard in a sophomore year college class, how am I going to do it if I get to med school? Like if I magically make it to med school, how is that going to happen? Yeah. And so then at that point, it was like, it's not it's not a good fit. So um, my dad and I talked and we were just kind of like, what's what's the next move? And he was like, well, you know what, like your strength is in like math. And like, so maybe you should try finance and see how that goes in like business. So I switched. Um, luck lucky for me, I took enough APs in high school that like the switch was really easy for me and I was still able to graduate on time. So I switched and I did finance. The funny thing is when I was applying to colleges in high school, I had looked at Parsons and FIT, but I made a portfolio and I threw it out. It never made it to the school. Did your parents know that you were looking into that? They did. Um, they would go to the booths with me, too. We would get the information like we would go together and they would be like, oh, this is cool. And I just never brought it up in terms of applying because I threw out the portfolio. And because it just like in my head, I was like, this isn't good enough. This isn't going to make it. And so I never applied. And then we get to when I graduated from college and now like people had their like finance jobs lined up for banks and stuff. And I just didn't. And so then I was kind of just like, now what do I do? And um, we had gone to India that winter um, and my dad's friend has, had mentioned like, hey, I want to get into business in the US. And he had grown up like helping me design my clothes and things like that. So when I was like thinking about all this, I was like, oh, you know what? Like in Maryland, we don't have that many options for Indian clothes. A bunch of my friends are like engaged slash starting to get married. Um, I had a bunch of like older friends and family. And so then I was like, why don't I try my hand at like starting this? And so honestly, from conceptualization to like launch, it was about like in February, we registered February 2017, we registered the LLC. March, I did the photo shoot and April, we launched. It was like quick. Yeah. Wow. 
were you designing the dresses at this point? Like, were you literally sketching out designs? Is that where it started? Or were you more like, how can we finance this type of business and outsource someone who can design this? So we started actually with like a retail wholesale to retail model, which is not how I wanted to go about it. But that's how we started, um, because that was the most common. And I found that like that didn't work because people were so picky. People wanted exactly what like they wanted and they wanted, you know, like higher quality stuff. And that's what I wanted to as a consumer. So I pivoted, I want to say like within like three months of starting out that way, it was a very quick shift to adding menswear and then custom, like introducing custom, which that was me. So essentially I had three manufacturing teams, one menswear, one like bridesmaids, groomsmen, sort of lower end wear, if you call it, and then a bridal team. And they all would run manufacturing and I would sketch and design. Um, And that was the process. I still have those three core teams to this day and it's been four years. And yeah, like that's, that's how it started. And then we started booking brides and yeah. Wow. Were you ever entrepreneurial growing up? Because it sounds like this just came so naturally to you. Like, oh, I want to start. I mean, I'm sure this is like the cliff note. So it did not feel as easy at the time, but it sounds like you were like, I, this, there is a gap in the market. I want to fill this gap. I have a passion for fashion did not mean for that to rhyme. I have a passion (laughs) for fashion. And, you know, I'm sure it also allows you to feel more connected to your roots and your culture as well. But then you were just like, okay, here's what we need to do. Like the manufacturer, like all of this is so foreign to me. Like I have business ideas, but for me, I'm like, I have no idea where to start. So where did you get, were you just like, I'm going to Google, 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 or did you learn a lot of it in your finance classes? Like how did you go about idea to execution so this 2017 i guess was before even like the youtube culture of like starting your own thing like quitting your job and starting your own thing happened so that wasn't even available i would say so for me i i had well my dad's very um i would say like he doesn't own a business or anything but he's very good with that sort of thing so the legal and the accounting part he handles to this day, which is funny because I did finance in school, but like, I just don't have the time for it. That's the issue with that. And if it were left up to me, like, I don't think our taxes would ever get paid because I just, I don't have the time for it. (laughs) So he was the one that set all of that up. Um, When it came to finding manufacturers, funny enough, I found them through Facebook pages. And this could be very dangerous, I will say, because you're dealing with people internationally, right? I don't want to put this as a stigma or anything, but this is a known fact that when you're from the U.S. and you're reaching out to people in India, there is a chance you could get played. Um, And there's a very good chance of that because they're looking to make more money on the dollar. It's just like when you go and travel and you're clearly an American tourist, like, they know you, you'll, you're more likely to spend more on your travel. So they're going to rip you off at restaurants and yeah. stuff. It's like the same concept. Yeah. It's like the stupid American sort of yeah, concept. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So that was very dangerous, but I got lucky in the sense that like I did a ton of research. I found them through Facebook pages and then I looked them up on Instagram. Then I would call or have family in India call them and like set up like a Zoom call and so like with the men's vendor and the bridal vendor that's how that happened and then with the men's vendor lucky enough his 
his cousin owned the lower end team. So they just connected us. And then that was it. Like that's, that's all. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you're super resourceful. Do you have any advice for someone who, like I just said, like wants to start a business, has an idea and doesn't know how to execute? Like, do you have a few tangible tips that you would give or even like a mindset shift, like either way of you want to start a business and are overwhelmed with how to do it? Like, where do you go from there? What would you give someone as advice? I would say just start. Um, I know that sounds cliche and just like, like scary, but if you don't just start it, like you're going to be thinking of, if you're an overthinker, like I am, you're going to be thinking about it forever and you're not going to start like, and then, um, I mean, I wouldn't say there's a right time either. Like you just have to do it. If you keep waiting for the right time too, it's like, you're going to sit there and watch other people do their stuff and then feel that like, you know, imposter syndrome come up. But like, if you just do it, it sort of naturally works itself out. Um, you end up figuring out what you need to figure out in the moment as opposed to like, you know, trying to fit iron out all the details before because like things will go wrong. You will have to do last minute changes. You can't avoid that just because you're going to sit there and make a business plan and like all of that. Not saying all of it is that's like not necessary. I would iron out like the legal, the financial, um, those two and like, you know, tax stuff, like those three things are the most important. But other than that, like you just, you just got to do it. Yeah. I'm actually in the middle of reading everything is figure outable on audible right now. And it's like that same concept of you just have to go and things. It's not only that it'll figure itself out, but like you will figure it out. Like if you need to get something done, you will find a way, especially in this day and I sound like an 80 year old but like in this day and age of like the internet and like there's so many avenues to just figure shit out these days and like so many resources so I love that advice I think it's like that same concept of launch and adjust like you won't know what you need to figure out until you go so I really like that advice and it sounds like from what I'm hearing from your whole story is that like you're super intuitive like even from you know, you thought you wanted to go to med school and then you were like, wait, this isn't registering. This isn't for me. Let's pivot. And then you thought you wanted to be in finance and then you're like, wait, let's pivot. So it sounds like you're pretty good at listening to your gut and pivoting. Am I right about that? Yeah. Uh, It took a while to get there. And with finance too, it wasn't, it wasn't like, so like I started the business in 2017, but it wasn't, Um, And it still isn't my full time like income or a job, I will say. Um, I knew from the get go that like my business was in a very niche market, like uh, doing luxury bridal in the US is like five, five percent consumers or something like that, something crazy like that. So like I knew it wasn't ever going to turn into this like huge multi-million dollar thing like that wasn't the case. Um, I think what benefited me and like kept me going also was that it was a passion project and I wasn't dependent on it for an income for a really long time um, because it didn't add that like additional pressure. Um, So I ended up going back into finance like I was in investment banking for a year working like a 70 hour work week plus doing the business. So that was like 2018 through 2019. Funny enough, exactly when Natalie ended up quitting her job is what the same day I quit my job that job and then 
Yeah. And then um, uh, 2020, I got another finance-ish job at a venture capital firm doing their digital marketing. So I did that for about a, a year, like a less than a year. And then I quit that in February. So I've still had like full-time supplemental income while doing this. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Because I know most people are accustomed to like the nine to five corporate job lifestyle. And like, that's what, you know, if you have a degree, you go and you get a job that's corporate and you work nine to five and that's that. And like, I think it's also our parents' generation that has ingrained that in us. And I think it's definitely society's shifting away from that a little bit, just in terms of like what's accepted. Obviously there's always going to be the nine to five, but I think it's a little less wild to hear that people are doing other things outside of that. Can we talk about, I want you to like break down every stream of income. Like you do a lot. And I know you just mentioned Natalie. So for those of you who are listening, that's Natalie Barbu. She's been on this podcast. She's a YouTuber. You work for her social media agency. Like let's break down everything you do. Cause I have a lot of questions just about this lifestyle of doing a bunch of different stuff. And as everyone knows, if you listened to my episode a few weeks ago, this is like my new reality as well now. So I'm obviously really interested in this. Yeah. So I guess initially, I will say in January, my primary stream of income would have been my corporate job. And Um, going back to that time, like it was a scary, um, and I know you just did this. So it was a scary thing to leave my nine to five. Honestly, it was like a nine to 8 PM, not really a nine to five, but you know, yeah, I don't know why they're still called nine to fives. (laughs) It's never nine to five. (laughs) Yeah. So that, um, that was really scary, but I think again, my, my parents have been like very non-traditional Indian parents, I want to say. So like my dad and my mom sat me down and like saw me struggling and were like, let's break down your income and figure out how you can quit your job, which honestly, which parent sits and says that I don't, especially in my culture, I don't really know. Um, So that was really cool. Um, And it like lessened a load um, as well. So now coming to now, I would say my streams of income, obviously I, so I work at WeBloom with Natalie. So that's one. And I, it's like, uh, it's part-time um, at the moment. Um, and I do everything from like sourcing clients to like helping with the real real and then helping now with the Rella podcast that they have. Um, so I'm doing a little bit of everything along with like social media stuff for WeBloom and for clients and that sort of thing. It's not really um, like there's no structure day to day, which is a lot different from a nine to five. And also there's no real pockets in this lifestyle of like hours in a day where you're not working, which is, again, very different from a nine to five. So there's that. Um, And then this other stream of income is like my whole world of like freelancing, I would say, which now I'm in the process of forming it into an agency um, that's geared towards South Asian business owners and founders because um, that's awesome. the niche I freelance in. Um, so I have like, I want to say of eight to 10 clients currently under that bracket. So I have two full, like one full-time employee and one part-time at the moment for that. So what work are you doing for that 
soon to be agency? Like what, what's the services? Um, so for that, I'm mainly doing, um, I would say social media management for one client. I'm doing like brand collaborations and like outreach and, um, like in some influencer work, um, some graphic design work. It like, honestly, it depends client to client. One of the clients is like full end to end marketing. So it's everything from like content creation, email marketing, like all of it. Yeah. So it's like, I I have aspects of content creation. I have like different aspects. Yeah. And how do you find clients for that? Because I like when you're freelancing, I feel like it's not spoken enough about it's not spoken about enough (laughs) um, how you find your first clients and how you find clients when you're not like an established agency. Yeah. Um, you know, what's funny is I wasn't looking, um, cause I was working with Natalie and then I had my full time right. job and like, I wasn't really looking and I just happened to see, like, I'm in a few networking groups, um, uh, around like South Asian women in business and things like that. And I happened to see someone post about like needing someone as a marketing like assistant of sorts. And so that's how it started. I just responded to the posting and we interviewed and it started out. She only needed me like 10 hours a week, which was again, not that I had the time, but I made the time for it. Um, yeah. So I did that. And then from there, she told people that I was doing a good job and then they reached out from there. And then I just started sort of responding to postings here and there, but I've never, organically like cold pitched yet I would say because the thing is in my head I was like I'm not an agency I don't have a website I don't have like any social media um and I'm pitching to help people with social media so if I don't have that like how am I gonna go pitch yeah okay cool so it sounds like you're learning a lot from Natalie and Weebloom like I'm sure it's also helping you with your social media for Anise collections and it's it sounds like you're really taking what, which is also another thing to note, like even if you do want to be entrepreneurial and you feel a little stuck in your job, like there's so much you can take from being an employee that will help you once you're an employer. Yeah. I think the thing is you have to find someone that really not only wants you to work for them, but wants to work for you. I think it's really important to say that because oftentimes I think we are stuck in jobs we don't like because Also, our employers might not want to see us grow and we just want to be like sort of stuck in that like rat race hustle culture and get things done. Working with Natalie, she is not like that at at all. Like she is by far one of the best employers I have ever had. And that's saying like a lot, I would say, because I've had employers that are, you know, these corporate people that are like super high high up in their career a lot older and you would think it would have been a lot better but it just wasn't for whatever reason and like natalie is really for like us helping each other whether that's like me reaching out to my network for things she may need or and like i've often done that because of you know hunting for guests for the real real and things like that and then she is very supportive about me you know starting my own thing like I was actually like very nervous when I needed to like form this LLC into an agency because I was like, I work for an agency. Like, what is she going to say? And she was like, no, I know you've been doing this. It just makes sense. And so like that was like it's, it's really nice to have someone that's like always pushing you to grow instead of like 
you know, you get this done for me and that's it. Yeah. I have a lot of questions about that and like your, you know, how you even got the role working for Natalie and everything. But I feel like I cut you off and you weren't done with your streams of income. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So those were two. <laughs> um, actually, I would say Anise Collections, I don't make an income out of it. I funnel whatever comes in back into the business. Oh, wow. um, so me and my parents um, were like, actually, my mom and I are co-founders and then my dad's the CFO. And so realistically, three of us should be taking a salary, but we don't. Um, we just put it back in. Um, reason being also my dad, ha- my dad like works for um, Deloitte and he's pretty hot. Ha- like he has his own income that comes in. And like mm-hmm. my mom also is a teacher. So like it just doesn't make sense for us to take money out when we can be putting back in. So there's that. And then um, and then I would say that's pretty much I, I only have three, which seems like not like based on how much I do, it seems like not not enough or whatever but like it is Uh, yeah you do a lot for every single one of those things I want to talk about Natalie so I know you primarily essentially work for Weebloom Social is that how it started or was she looking for an assistant and I want to talk about I feel like so many people, it's like their dream job to work for a YouTuber and like see the behind the scenes of working with the big influencers. So I want to hear how it started and then like any tips you have for networking and, you know, getting these jobs where you're so close to behind the scenes of something really cool. Yeah. um, Working with Natalie. So it started out really organically. Um, I found her through um, searching for Swap by Kayla reviews, actually, back in 2017, 2018. And then I like DM'd, I would like DM her, like, um, like, we all do with like our favorite creators. And she would actually respond. That was the kicker of that is that like, she was one of those people that would actually respond a lot of people. And she still does. And she still does. does. As she's grown, (laughs) she still does. Um, that's one of the things I like really appreciate about her. I know that being a influencer, YouTuber, whatever, like public figure, you get a lot of DMs, but I think it says a lot about a person when they actually take time to respond to people. And thoughtfully too, not just like hearting yep. the, the DM. Like she's, she's having conversations with her subscribers, like friends. And that's something I really admire and hope to be like like yeah people are following you not as a celebrity but as someone that they feel like is a best friend when they're watching your vlog so she treats it as just that and I absolutely love that yeah she's very good about that and that's what I really appreciated and then that turned into like you know we have so many similar interests in terms of like we both watch The Bachelor so every Monday like I would be at a watch party and she would be watching she'd be like oh my god did you see this and like it was very yeah. organic. That's how it started. And then we both quit our jobs at the exact same time. And then, and then, yeah, fast forward to 2020 and she's hiring for, um, you know, like a intern that that's what my position was called. It was a PR intern. So she already has an assistant, um, Liz, she already has her. And then, and at that point she was the only one, um, And so my position was specifically for the agency. And yeah, so when she put the application up, I like was a little hesitant about applying. I was like, I don't know if I should. Um, I'm like out of a corporate job. I'm not like an intern necessarily. So Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. And so I messaged her and I was like, do you think I should apply? And she was like, yeah, I think you should. So I applied, um, I interviewed and then, so the second round was like an application or not an application, like a case study sort of thing, um, that we had to do. And I kid you not, when I say I spent 16 hours on it, I, yeah, I literally made this document so pretty. I spent 16 hours on it and then I sent it to her and I was so, so nervous. And then on a Sunday night, um, exactly about, or like almost exactly a year ago, it was like mid April when I got this, uh, she like followed me back on Instagram and that's kind of how I knew it's so funny is that. And then the next morning I got an email from her saying I got it. Um, and it was so exciting. Um, and yeah, that's, that's how I got it coming to like, I guess, working for her and like that realm of it. Um, working for her is amazing. Um, she's wonderful to work for. She really cares. I mean, I was one employee when we started and like, she has a few part-time or she has a part-time person, I think. Um, and then now she has her three co-founders for Rella and like just working with her and working for her is really inspiring because she comes with like a lot of her own ideas. And like, we tend to like build off of each other. We have weekly calls. Um, and half the time, half of those calls are like personal updates. And then the other half is like actual work stuff. We, um, she came and visited me last December, um, and was in Baltimore for a few days, which was really nice. Um, and I'm going to go to Miami in like a month or two. So I would say working for her is less so like, it's like an employee employer relationship. We, we truly are friends. Um, every time, like I go through like something hard, um, my grandma got COVID in September. She sent me like um, Starbucks, like in, and like in the morning for me and my family, which was so sweet, like just out of nowhere. Um, yeah. So we really are friends and friends first, I would say, but, but it started off employee employer, which is cool to see how it evolved. Um, in terms of like tips for working with your favorite YouTuber or, or just like a public figure, I would say, I think, what works for me is the organic relationship we already had to begin with. It wasn't just like, and and so when she interviewed me, she already knew me for the most part. So that helped me for sure. So I would say like, you know, don't be scared of DMing your favorite creators. Don't be scared of like, cause the worst that's going to happen is they're going to not respond. So it's, it's really not a big deal. Um, I have a few creators that I've loved and I've DM'd for like a while before they've responded. So there's no shame in that. I think the only person that knows is you, honestly, and then them when they see it. Um, and more times than not, because Instagram puts like your message in the the like random folder, um, they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't see these. So right. yeah, yeah. So can we talk about like how you structure your days and how you find structure juggling all of these different things? Because not only are you working in three different areas, but there's also so many different parts of each position and so many different you know tasks that you have to do in different departments and areas for each position. So how do you find structure in your days and how do you stay productive? Yeah, um... So I would say uh, to-do lists are like my my savior and everything. Um, I have a physical to-do list. I have, um, you know, those sticky things that you can put yeah, on your Mac. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. I have a ton of those. Like I, I'm staring at them, honestly. Same. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I have those um, on my computer. And then it's more so my calendar, right? So if it's not on my calendar, I'm going to miss it 110%. Um, I had this happen, like, I want to say just that on Sunday where like something wasn't on my calendar and the girl messaged me and I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. So calendar is really important. So day to day, I would say I have my morning routine, which you've talked about how important that is. And Natalie believes in it as well. And so do I, I think it's important to just have your me time. So I have that, um, which can, sometimes it'll be working out. Sometimes it won't be like, it just depends on the day. It depends on what my body's feeling, but yeah, that's pretty regimented, I would say. And then, um, then I get on my computer, I'm like drinking a ton of water while I'm like looking at what I have to do. And then I like prioritize everything. So the way my to-do lists are also divided is that it's per client. And then I look at all my deadlines for those clients and then figure out, okay, what needs to go here? What's going to go here? Um, what do I need to get out by when? And then I'll w- go from there. Um, now that I have employees, it's also hard because you have to be a lot more organized than just you. So I'm learning how to do that because my full-time girl just started last week. Um, so oh, that's been a learning process. Thank that's you. That's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really, but it's taken a load off. Like you always hear that, like hiring, um, like you know, like you always hear like hire someone, hire someone. But it's it's so difficult to like trust someone with your own thing, and then also remote remotely is the biggest thing too, like training someone remotely and that sort of thing, and then also getting yourself organized to have an employee is a lot. Um, so so yeah, so I will also like. The, the to-do list really helps because then I dictate like, okay, this is what's going to go to her. This is what I need to do. This is what goes to the other girl that's part-time and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Um, and then regular check-ins with my team happen. Like I try to do calls on like Mondays and Wednesdays and that's it. So that like my day doesn't get weirdly broken up by calls. And yeah, I try to end my day like at six-ish sometimes there might be meetings after. So then I give myself some slack during the day to like go do other things. But I've, yeah, I've tried to set a work-life balance and that helps too. Yeah. I was actually just, I'm in the middle of reading Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week. I don't know if you're into these types of books, but you should definitely read it because he was talking about when you have employees Sometimes your time can be even more consumed because of all the approvals you have to do and delegating and like you're just getting even more emails and more requests in because people need your approval. And Mm -hmm. he was talking about giving as an entrepreneur, like being able to give your employees autonomy to make their own decisions and almost like give them you give them like one guide where like if this happens do this blah blah blah, and then like check in with them weekly on all the things they did or all the decisions they made yeah rather than like which is it's super hard because it's hard to like give your business away to people but he has a ton of tips like that so I feel like you would really enjoy it as a side note I'm gonna Um, try it (laughs) but yeah you should read it it's a big one, but I'm like in the middle of it. And he has so many like tangible tips like that. Like he also says, do the hardest thing on your to-do list first, which is something I'm really trying to do because it's like, yeah. 
I know all I need to do today to feel accomplished is edit a video, but somehow I just don't do it. So yeah, I'm trying to be better at that. But it sounds like you sort of segment everything by client, by company. Do you work on every single thing every single day and you just try to like every hour sort of like switch gears in your head or do you try to make certain days, you know, more for an East collections? Like how do you segment your different jobs? I think um, I like batch do stuff in that way. So um, for example, like blog post writing, if I have to do that, I will do all of it in one day and I'll do every single client that I have to do that for in one day. So that my brain's not switching from like blog posts to creating graphics to doing this. So I do that. And then like one day is like, obviously you guys have this where it's like filming and like content creation and that sort of thing. So then, you know, I know I have to like get up and get dressed and get ready. And even though I've tried to implement that on a daily basis, because I feel like it makes me more productive. It just sometimes I just don't want to do it. Um, So Yeah. So like, I know maybe like Wednesday or like whatever is like content creation. Um, So then I only am pulling out like tripod lights, cameras, like that sort of thing and like product on one day. Yeah. So I think that's helped. um, And that's how I group it. I know that might not work for everyone, but it, it sort of works for me. Um, And then I've told my like team to structure their days, however they want, um, whatever works best for them. So I'm, I would say I'm pretty hands off in that nature too. And I've learned that from working with Natalie is that like she would give me things to do early in the week and then we would check in throughout the week via text. And that's what I do with my team. I just am like, hey, shoot me a text if you need anything. But yeah, own the graphic design that you're making. Own the blog post. Like I've told them like, I'll read through it, but I'm not like, it's not an approval. I will post it. But if you're not happy with it, that's what I want to know. Awesome. So I completely agree with the time batching. I'm the same way. If I know like tomorrow's my filming day where I'm going to film like three sit down videos, I agree with you. Those are my most productive days because you're just like on it because I'm like on camera, hair makeup is done. I get so much energy from it because I love it so much that I end up being so productive in other ways. So it's interesting that you say that. And I agree batching works best for me and I feel like most people who are in this situation with all the different jobs because it can get chaotic and overwhelming just looking at the a million different things you have to do but knowing like okay this morning is dedicated to podcast recording or editing or and that's like for me but whatever you have yeah. to do it just like keeps your brain in focus Rather than if I had a million things to do, like editing takes hours. If I'm like trying to do a quick edit while also emailing, it's just like not going to work. So I agree. Time batching is my biggest savior as well. Yeah, it just, I used to be like that. I would see all these to-do lists and be like, okay, I'm going to knock out this, 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 and this all at the same time. And it's like, you're one person. Like, why would you think you can do that? But I don't know why we're like accustomed to thinking that way. It was, it was definitely like a mindset shift on my part being like, okay, work on one thing at a time, knock it out and then move on to the next. And I think that came with like, when I, when I hired my first girl part-time, it was like a little bit of load went off my plate. And I was like, 
okay, I can actually focus on one thing at a time now. Um, and then with the next girl, it was like even more of a shift. Amazing. Well, before we get into the ending segment, fun facts and favorites, I do want to ask your advice. So for anyone who's listening and like wants to follow their passions, doesn't know where to start, has not necessarily an idea, but like just something they're super passionate about and they know that whatever job they're in now is not for them. Do you have a piece of advice? It can be like advice for a mindset or a tangible tip. I would say, um, like I said before, I think, um, I think don't overthink it and try to make like steps to actually start easier said than done. But yeah, that that's the biggest thing that worked for me. Um, and then also like I would, uh, the other one I would say is like, get away from like comparing yourself to people, the imposter syndrome, like all of that. Um, and again, easier said than done. But when I started on these collections, I like had a period of like six months where I was just like really sad and not myself because I constantly like looked around me and was like, oh my gosh, all of my friends graduated. They moved out of their parents' home. They're in corporate jobs. And I'm sitting here like, you know, building a business with like no real financial stability. I'm living at home. Don't do that. Don't compare because (laughs) I, I feel like as much as building a business and entrepreneurship has been glorified in the last like two years, it's still not a traditional route. And a lot of people don't understand what goes into it. So if you find yourself like comparing or you find yourself like with people in your life that just don't understand, like they just won't um, until they're put in that boat. And you just got to take that and just move forward. Um, I still to this day, you know, have family that'll be like, or like, especially when I started working for Natalie, um, because influencer, the influencer space and even social media marketing is so new that people like in my family too are like, what do you do again? Or like, how do people make money off of like videos or pictures or like, you know, it's so it's, it's not so much ignorance either. It's just like, it's so new that people might not understand and that's okay. Um, so I've learned to, instead of take that, like take offense to that, it's more so just like, it's fine. They just don't understand. Um, and having a thick skin, I think, is the mind sh- mindset shift in that sense. Yeah, I think that's where community is so important in whatever you're doing. Like, Natalie has the Patreon community. You said you were a part of Facebook groups. Like, it's really hard to find people in your life that get it because it is such a non-traditional path. And even though I agree it's becoming glorified and more people want to do it because they want the freedom and flexibility, but it's still – you're not going to find like your entire friend group or your entire family is all entrepreneurs. Like that's, it's really rare to get to find a group of people who understand it. So I think finding that community online has been something that really has helped me. Like just feeling like there's other people who get it. And if everyone in my life doesn't get it, I do have a place to turn to even just to vent and everyone will be like, oh my God, yeah, that happened to me. And it's also, it's hard to, when you, you know, all your friends are going to dinner at six o'clock right after work or something, it's like if you're not only that you need to do something for your job, but if you really want to because you're starting your own business and you need to put more energy into it and time into it, like it's really hard because you don't want to be judged. You don't want to feel guilty. There's shame. There's all of the things that come with it that you don't realize before starting. So I think community has been something that's really helpful. Yeah, I agree. And I've definitely and it's 
it's funny you say freedom and flexibility is the motivation because it is the motivation, but that's not the reality when you first, like the first year of starting a business, you essentially have no freedom or flexibility, I want to say. Like, right. you feel like you need to be working like all the time because again, you're on the clock pretty much all the time. Um, and 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 that's the, the weird part about it is that it's glorified to say that, but it's, it's like not until even your third or fourth year is where you get to that freedom and flexibility component. So, so it's just like, I think it's funny that that's the motivation, but it's not the reality in the immediate sense. Right. So one last question on that. Now we know, obviously, like the downside to being an entrepreneur and having your own business, but just to end it on a positive note, like yeah. what is your favorite part about running these businesses and working for yourself? I think the best part is seeing tangible results. Um when you work for a small business, when you work for a startup, um, when you work with like, you know, growing entrepreneurs in everyday life, you see like very tangible results very quickly. Um, and it's rewarding. Like, for example, with WeBloom, we work with small businesses and like every time they get featured in press, it's like such a big deal because, you know, you see the traction of followers, you see um, them like, you know, getting more sales or whatever that may be. Um, and it's super exciting when they get featured in like larger press um, uh, because you know, like the back end of it, you know how much pitching went into it and you just like, you, you just know all of that versus like when I was in my corporate job and we had, you know, like thousands of followers on the on our account. And so everything you posted, it would just kind of be like, oh, okay, it's just like normal every day. But, but on in this case, it's like I'm seeing like the growth of followers. I'm seeing all of it very uh, very tangibly. And I think that's been the most rewarding part. And then also like just speaking to these business owners and seeing like how it's impacted their growth, knowing how it's impacted mine. And like, and that's been the most rewarding part. Um, and that's why I wanted to like get into working with small businesses. Yeah, I love that. Okay. Let's get into the ending segment, fun facts and favorites. What is your morning routine? Yes. Okay. Um, so I let myself wake up kind of a little bit later than what people normally like 9am is about when I like will wake up. Um, depending on if I've had a late night or not, um, it's between like seven and nine. So whenever I do wake up, I try not to look at my phone. Sometimes it's hard, but I really try. I get up, I will, um, get like, you know, brush my teeth and stuff. And then I will try to go and just get my body either outside or I'll try to get in a workout if I don't have meetings. If it's me just getting outside, I have a balcony. So I will make a cup of tea and sit outside and like either read or like journal or like do something of that sort. If it's working out, then I just go to the gym downstairs. Then I come back and then I will get ready for the day, which Normally, it's not a full face of makeup or like hair or anything unless it's filming. It'll just be like I take a shower, get changed, and then I make my to-do list while I have like water or tea or breakfast, and then I get started with work. Um, yeah. Cool. What's your favorite book or podcast or both if you have? Okay. Well, um, the book that I just read, um, and I don't know why it took me forever to read this, it was The Defining Decade. Have you read that? No. Oh, my God. It's a good one. Um, I forget the author, but I'll have to, like, send it to you after. Yeah. 
so good. It's about being in your 20s. And basically, she is a psychologist and she is a psychologist for 20 year olds is what she specializes in. So she writes the book from the perspective of like her clients and what they're going through and like why it's so normal and why people like think it's not. Wait, that's amazing. I need to read that. It's amazing. And it's like in three segments. It's like career, love life, and then like (gasps) self-care. Yeah. Oh my God. I need to read that. I've never heard of this before. Oh my gosh. I got through it so quick. I read it in like three days. um, And that's what I I made notes (laughs) in it too. Yeah. Like, because I refer back to these certain like chapters of like, oh, like when you're going through a job shift or like heartbreak or like short-term heartbreak, like things like that. So I'm writing this down. <laughs> I think it's Meg, J- Meg and Jay or like something like that. I I'll forget. find it. Yeah. Very good. Um, podcast wise. I mean, I love yours. Obviously, I love. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I love Natalie's um, and it's super inspiring. I love Katie's Thick and Thin. Um, that's such a good one um, because it's like it's it's mostly lighthearted for the most part. I just love like getting into her stories and like getting away for the day so I would say top three um are those well thank you yeah (laughs) when do you feel your happiest um I think what typically gets me um out of like a funk or like a really bad day is like hanging out with my friends and family whether that's like facetimes or actually going I'm lucky enough that like my cousins they live Um, and like, we're, we're really good friends too. Like, so like friend cousin situation, um, one of them lives 15 minutes away and the other one lives 20 minutes away. And whenever any of us are having a bad day, we'll just shoot like a text in our group message and be like, do you want to go get dinner? Do you want to like have a date or do you want to go get nails done or something? And like, I see them about once or twice a week. And that's usually like the highlight of my week. That's so nice that you live so close. Yeah. And my parents live 45 minutes away too. So sometimes I'll just go home for dinner just out of the blue. Yeah. That's amazing. Same here. My parents live like 35 minutes away. So sometimes I'm just like, "Eh, I want to get out of the city and have dinner with my parents and then come right back here. So I understand. Yeah. And they get super happy too. They're like, every time I call or something, they'll be like, are you coming home? And I'll be like, no, I'm working, (laughs) but maybe tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. That's so cute. Okay, lastly, what would be your last meal on earth? Oh, oh my God. I love food, so this is such a hard one. Um I feel you. Yeah. Um, it would I I have two, so it would either be some kind of like Mexican food. I love Mexican food, so like tacos or like enchiladas or something. Or my mom makes this, um, it's an Indian dish, it's called chole puri and it's um a chickpea curry with um Yum flatbreads um that are like fried and like puffed so it would be one of those two yum my (laughs) I'm always it's a toss-up between like small soup and Jewish food or like a Mm -hmm. big Indian meal with like sag and dal and lamb rogue like I'm (laughs) upset my boyfriend and I are like obsessed with Indian food so whatever dish you just said I need to try (laughs) yeah it's a chickpea curry chana masala Oh, I've had that. Yeah. I don't know why yeah, I didn't yeah. like hear chana masala. <laughs> we call it chole, so that's like a okay. It, it's that's a different, why. like yeah. But chana masala is the dish. Yeah, love and ala gobi is my other favorite. 
Mm, yeah, that's my dad. My dad loves that. <laughs> oh, so good. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on. Where can the people find you? Thank you for having me. Well, um, you can find me on um, my Instagram or my company Instagram, I guess. So it's anis.collections1. Um, my agency stuff hasn't launched yet, so it will come July. Um, so I guess look out for that. But yeah, that's where mainly you can find me. You can also find me on WeBloom Social's Instagram. Um, I'm constantly on there. So yeah, um, I would love for anyone to reach out if you need like advice or like just anything. Awesome. Thank you so much, honey. Thank you, John. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I would so appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate, review, and definitely subscribe so that you don't miss another insightful episode. You can also engage with the community on the Dare to Self Care podcast Instagram. So definitely join us all there. And I will see you guys next week. Bye.